Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Arscast Extra. Hello and welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always, with James from Gunner Blog. James, good morning to you. Good morning to you too. Will it be a goodly morning when the football returns? Is that what we've decided? I figure. Or we could yeah. have a goodly morning when there is a vaccine. That would be yeah. a goodly morning. <laughs> but whichever one of those is first, that will be the goodly morning. Mm. Uh, it's it's up in the air uh, at the moment as to which that will be. This mm. is a this is episode. Uh, I like these episodes. It's number three hundred and forty three. So it's a mm. formation. Very this nice. episode number is a formation, a 3-4-3. Three, three. The Antonio Conte formation, I always think of that as. Um, he's assembled a really weird squad into Milan. Have you kept abreast of this at all? Um, no, but here's a left turn I wasn't expecting, so let's go there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> well, I think we've got to take them wherever they come. Well, he, I think Inter Milan are doing very well. Let's have a look at where the Serie A table stood. Uh, so they were third. Okay, not too bad. They've got a game in hand. But it's like Premier League rejects, that squad. They've got Ashley Young and Victor Moses in their team. They've okay. got Romelu Lukaku and Christian Eriksen from the Premier League. Alexis it's, it's Sanchez. Alexis Sanchez, yeah. And like uh, Christian Eriksen, of course, who was uh, driven, driven to Milan by Tayo. Uh, <laughs> couldn't take the fact that a Tottenham fan was happy for him to go, so off he went. Uh, so, yeah, that just feels strange to me. This, um, I mean, and Chris Smalling plays for Roma. Uh, it's quite throwback, isn't it? It's like when you used to get sort of Gaza turning up there in the 90s. I mean, yeah. it's not quite the same, Chris. No, Smalling, it's not like Des Walker at Sampdoria, is it? Sure, no. What, what will ever be? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just found that interesting. Anyway, 3-4-3 very much was his system at Chelsea, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. But, I mean, you know, to be fair, lots of other teams play that formation before. True. True. Um, I mean, we almost sort of nearly played it. I think, you know, under us and Wenger, when we had kind of Ozil and Alexis off a striker and mm. three at the back. It yeah. was sort of that. Sort, sort of. of that. Sort of. I played. We have um, to rate Willy for episode 3421 to really <laughs> nail that formation. <laughs> oh, God. That's uh, somewhere in the distance. I used to, <laughs> I, we used to play um, uh, a 3 4 3 uh, when I played football in Spain. Right. Played a okay. nice 3-4-3 three, three formation. Um, were you the central centre-half? No, I wasn't. The... I was the I was the left 
sided centre half in that because yeah, that's my position, left sided centre half. Right. Um, but, but there in was a three a, that can be tricky. You know, chasing out into the channel. Yeah, you do a bit of that, all right. But there was a guy behind me who who was a very good footballer actually, um, and he was one of those guys who could he could spray the ball with either foot. You know, so uh, he was also a bit older, so he would make me do all the running. Me and the sure. other guy, he'd sort of direct us. He was one of those archetypal sweepers. You go there. You do this, you know. So it's good, but I love playing um, that formation actually because it was quite a quite a learning experience. Because I think I played all of my football in a kind of four four two, you know, or a variation of that. You know, my mm-hmm. entire career. And I remember once uh, we played with um, we played yeah, it was a three four three, but we kind of played with a a one in front of the three as well. And my right. sort of instinct. As uh, as a defender, when you're in that position, you're looking for the guy outside you to come back and help you out to defend, right? And mm-hmm. so the first few times we played it, I was sort of screaming at the guy playing as part of the front three, you know, to come back and give me a bit of protection down that side. And the, the guy, he was a, a Spanish guy, uh, and he was explaining to me, no, 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 no. That's not how we play this. When you need some help, I'm the guy who's going to come across and basically do that job for you. I'm going to do right. that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to shuffle out there left and right. Do you remember the way we set up at, at Anfield earlier in the season where he used Joe Willock and maybe Matteo Genduzzi? Yeah. yeah. Um, to, to sort of provide midfield protection and, and that kind of a thing. But it was an interesting learning experience for me um, playing in that position. Well, when these when, when a footballer goes abroad, do you know what I mean? They mm. have to learn a new style of playing. That's exactly it. You know, it's a cultural and uh, footballistic education, and I have to say, I, I I reaped the benefits of it in a big way. Well, there you go. How how how's everything been? All right. Hmm. I mean, I haven't been out. You know. Sure. Doing anything apart from no. walking dogs is about as much as as much as we're doing. You know, um, trying to to stay indoors as much as possible and limit uh, exposure to other people and and people's exposure to me. Not that I'm unwell, but you know, just trying to abide by the guidelines as much as possible. So basically, a lot of dog walking because the dogs they're like what fucking pandemic what's a pandemic don't know don't know they want to be up the mountains you see the dogs want to be up the mountains which is where they usually go and they can't go go there now because we've got this like two kilometer restriction so there's a lot more dog walking if you know what i mean so rather than one big big walk there's many walks throughout the day to try and keep them entertained but apart from that you know nothing strange or startling um how about you? You can get away with that in England. Many walks throughout the day. We've, we're not. We're not. You're only allowed to have one, aren't you? We're allowed just the one, just the one. Um, but I do think it's a good time to have a dog. I don't know if I said this last week, but mm. you know, I think it's a great time to have a dog. A trickier time to have small children, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, really got your hands full if if that's the case, and you're working as well. That must be tough. Yeah. For some. But yeah, great time to have a dog. I'm fine. I am. Just cracking on. I mean, you know, there are aspects of this slower pace of life that I enjoy, I have to be honest with you, but the context is obviously a constant source of worry and anxiety. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. I, I noticed you had a hairdressing experience at the weekend. I had a hairdressing experience uh, 
bequeathed upon me by my wife, um, who revealed that she had worked in a hairdresser's uh, in her teenage years. Later told me she was mainly answering phones doing that, but there you go. Um, I mean, it's not no, a complicated, I, it's not a complicated cut, you know. It you is got. when you don't have the right tools, but we made we made a fist of it. So yeah, I haven't got, well, I've got a very small amount of hair. I've joined the, the hair loss uh, bandwagon that has built throughout this crisis. A lot of people have been shaving their heads. Mm. Um, my brother did it. You know, a lot of my mates did it, and I thought, well, what better time for me? Because actually, this is, I'm going to talk about this, I suppose, because what else are we going to talk about? It's slightly trickier for me than it is for some in that I am sometimes required to have hair professionally. So me keeping my hair was not always my choice, if that makes any sense. Right. Sometimes it was like for acting roles or because, you know, they wanted to something to attach a wig to hilariously uh i needed to have some hair but obviously i'm not doing any of that at the moment because i'm just trapped in my house so i'm free to do as i please free from the yoke the tyrannous yoke of of the world of acting forcing you to have a little bit of hair some hair yeah i know (laughs) well actually i mean this is quite interesting so a few weeks ago maybe slightly longer than that somebody said to me who uh, is quite, you know, doing all right within the industry. Someone said, can I give you some advice? And I was like, yeah, of course. And he was like, look, I think you're a good actor and I think you're doing well, but I think it would really help you if you had a hair transplant. <gasps> and I was like, and I was like, okay. I mean, because I, you know, I know I'm bald, basically. I'm not in denial about that fact, but I don't really want to have a big operation on my head. Like I don't, it doesn't appeal to me. As good as Jurgen Klopp looks with his, I just... Hang on, what? No, Jurgen Klopp had a hair transplant. What are you talking about? He had a massive hair transplant. No. Are you joking? Wait, hang on, are you joking that you don't no, know this? No, 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 no. You're thinking of his teeth. I mean, he's had all the work done. Jurgen Klopp is a changed man. Jurgen Klopp had a hair... I thought he naturally had that sort of foppish... No one's got that foppish hair naturally, mate. Hugh Grant Uh, does. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, I mean, what this person said to me was he was like, listen, you don't have to. It's up to you. Do what you want. This is my strong advice to you. And he said, you wouldn't believe how many people you see on television have had it done. It's, It's more than you know. Wow. Yeah. Has it ever, ever, ever uh, uh, occurred to you? Have you ever thought, maybe I'll get a hair transplant? No. No, I mean, look, do you ever have hair envy? Yes, of course. I remember yeah. watching a Brad Pitt film. Um, Might have been called... It was an army one. Fury? Mm. Perhaps? Okay, I'm going to Google it. And I thought Brad Pitt's hair in that film is absolutely... Superb. I would That's love to have hair. hair like that. Um, I also thought that... God, what was that film that I'm going to have to uh, IMDB it here? Um, anyone who's watched Mad Men will, of course, know that John Hamm has got fantastic Great, hair. Yeah. Yeah, but there was one film in particular I watched him in and I thought, Jesus, I would love hair like that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, let me see what it was called. Um, 
It was quite recent. Baby Driver. There you go. Oh, yeah. Baby Driver. And John Hamm's hair in Baby Driver. Fantastic. It's the star of the show. Yeah. You know, how could you not want hair like that? How could you not have a little bit of envy? Uh, But I've never sort of gone down the road of thinking, you know what? I need someone to stitch hair into my head. It feels like... I don't know. I mean, I get it if you're an actor and it's kind of important, but I also think like surely wig technology at this point supersedes any hair transplant because, you know, well, ultimately yeah. then you've got to grow the hair and then they've got to cut the hair and shave. Just put a fucking wig on. Well, this apparently is also what a lot of people do. So th- this is the tricky thing for me. I don't mind that I'm bald. I'm very happy mm. bald. I wasn't when I was 23 and I started losing it. I absolutely freaked out. But in the, in the in the decade that's passed, I'm fine with it. I don't want a hair transplant for myself, for my mm. life. You know, no way. But um, it, it's this sort of interesting thing of someone saying professionally, you know, this you should really think about this. And I was like, okay. And I looked into hair, what's it called now? Hair replacement systems. And I'm telling you now, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're calling them these days. If you want the f- hair of Brad Pitt in Fury... You can absolutely have it. And what they basically do is they shave, like, the top of your head and they effectively glue a wig and you wear it for, like, six months. And I I couldn't get over how realistic they look. I mean, genuinely, if you're you're ever bored and you think, I fancy having hair for six months, it's incredible. You look exactly like Brad Pitt. Your face changes as well. Wow. Well, now I'm beginning to think this might be uh, an option. I mean, of course, you've got something glued to you for six months, and I don't, I can't speak for if that's a good idea or not. But Damn, must it must get itchy. It must. And I, I asked someone who had one. I was like, "Do you exercise? Do you sweat?" Like, and they were like, "Yeah, it's fine." It's. They did say it's a little bit itchy, but but the problem was, they said to me, "Once you've had it." you won't go back. And I was like, I'm sure I would. I'm sure I'd just have it for a bit or have it for a job and then get rid of it. And they were like, no, no, no. The vanity kicks in. Once you've got it back and you've got lovely, luscious hair, you won't be able to quit. You'll be like a junkie for hair replacement systems, a.k.a. lovely wigs. Wow. Um, you're right about Jurgen Klopp, though, because there's an in- interview on This Is Anfield with Mario Goetze. And... Um, yeah, he's talking about how uh, he was talking about Jurgen Klopp. He says, I will never forget the time I ran into him in Dusseldorf during the summer. He was going to see the specialist there to have his hair transplant done. This yeah, became I- big news in Germany, but he was so funny about it. He was smiling, telling me about it, blah, blah, blah. He, uh, yeah, he talked about it in press conferences. He, he, he didn't sort of like wear a hat for a year and pretend it hadn't happened. He was like, yeah, I did it. It made me happier. So I love that. I'm all for that. You know, I think it's a weird thing, isn't it? Uh, who knew that this was going to be a, a hair loss related podcast? Well, I'm sure there are many middle aged men listening to this who are, you know, now what? absolutely uh, jumping, chomping at the bit <laughs> for the uh, restrictions to be over so they can go out and get what it's called a hair replacement a hair system. Hair replacement system. Hair yeah. replacement system. Brilliant. I mean, uh, yeah, guys, look them up. I mean, I, I don't know how much it, I think it's like a few hundred, I think it's a few hundred quid, you know, for, for your six month work. I'd say it's probably more than that. I'd say it's it, actually, it's not too much more than that. Hair it's not. replacement. This systems. is how far down the avenue I went. Right. But, but the problem is, 
let, so let me be let me expand further upon my problem. Obviously, I'm an actor, but I'm also a comedian, and I feel like can you really go on stage as a comedian uh, with and not have people shouting at you? You are how you've got a wig glued to your head. Do you know what I mean? It's like once it's out there, it's very difficult to style that out. Yeah. Um, Although Klopp's done it. Klopp's done it. I mean, he wasn't like completely bald or anything, though, so... Sure, sure. I've put myself into a bit of a corner by going completely bald right now. Yeah. But I have to grow it back. This is the problem. People are like, oh, you'll... I imagine you'll be keeping this look, will you? And I, I, well, whenever we get filmy again, I have to have hair. So I've got... It's a race against time for me. Hair, to... repl- hair replacement is a non-surgical procedure. So there was, there is no incision, no pain, scarring, or any side effects. Just Pritt stick. Just a lot of Pritt stick. You who liberally applied to the scalp. What if you like you get it and then two months in you're like, don't like this. You can don't. get it removed. You can get it removed. But Ben Affleck apparently is a big wig wearer. John Travolta famously wore of course wigs for years, um, and it just didn't care in public. Would just walk around without his wig. He'd only put it on for like special occasions, premieres and stuff. Um, yeah, apparently it's huge in Hollywood. Who knew? I didn't. Well, I mean, yeah, I think we all knew. We all knew. I probably everybody knew except me, yeah. Mm. So anyway, so what's your advice? Do you think uh, I should heed this man's well-intentioned professional advice and find some way to supplant my hair? Or should I go with this sort of intellectual Jason Statham look that I've adopted in the last 24 hours? (laughs) Intellectual Jason Statham, that's brilliant. Um... (laughs) I think you should do what you feel most comfortable with. I mean, what what That's what, a sort, lovely of, answer. what sort of That's roles a... are you going to get with hair as opposed to without hair? You know, are you? Go- I That's mean, the question. Do you want to be the is, leading man? Do you want to be the Brad Pitt? Do you want to be the John? I'm never going to be that. I'm never going to be that. But the problem is because I'm six foot two and I've got no hair. What I will get is like henchman, henchman, and we all, we all, everyone listening to this show knows that is not who I am. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So it's the perennial problem of having the sort of face of a nerd and the body of a henchman. It's, mm. a, it's not a good mix for an acting career. <laughs> I'm trying to go. just try and imagine you as like the heavy beside yeah. somebody else. Um, just with my glasses on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just sort of blinking a lot. Well, um, yeah. I'm going to do some questions, actually, throughout the show. Um, so right. we have one, actually, just while we're on Henchman, we'll come back to the baldness. Um, and that's not specific to you, obviously, because <laughs> my, my hair is also, <laughs> my head is also shaved. I was on sure. TV at the weekend. I was on Norwegian I know. Congratulations. TV. Thanks very much. It was really strange because they called me up at like 25 past three on mm. Saturday and said, can you hear everything? They were checking the connection and all that kind of stuff. And I went, yeah, I can. And then they left me there till 10 to 4, uh, watching a Norwegian TV football show about Arsenal and Breda Hageland was doing, or Hangeland. Hangeland, Hageland? What's his name? Hangeland. Hangeland. Breda Hangeland. We were linked with him for years, weren't yeah. we? When he was at Fulham. Very tall. Very tall. Very tall. We didn't have a lot of that at the time. No. Him no. and Chris Samba. That was the dream. Oh. I'm getting wistful for the old days now. But uh, yeah, no, I was, yeah, they left me on and then they asked me about three questions and then said, thanks very much. I was like, okay. Yeah, see, the thing is, as you mentioned on your blog, usually in other circumstances, you would 
you'd pass that on to me, wouldn't you? You'd yeah. say, oh, I don't want to do it. Yeah. James will do it. Yeah. James will do it. James um, will do that. Uh, James and will the do thing that. Is, and you do. That's normally. what it's always like, just so you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's well, all I've ever been doing. Two questions, and then they're like, okay, get off now. Yeah. Norwegian, and then you're gone. Yeah, they didn't even say get off. They just sort of stopped and then left me on Skype. And I sat there for a minute to say, <laughs> do they say thank you, or do I say thank you, or what happens? But they just left me there watching more Norwegian television. So, um, you know, I couldn't understand uh, very much of it, apart from when they'd say something like, um, uh, but there you go. It was it was an experience. But daily AFC, uh, because we're talking about henchmen, says between the yeah. two of you, who would win in a fight, a drinking contest, and a race? I think we did fight, didn't we? As in, no, no, we didn't fight. Sorry, but I think we talked about that before. Mm, I, I'm uh, I'm, you I'm deferring to you on this deferred. One. Yeah, which I you know find remarkable. But thank you. I think there'll be. Jaws hitting the floor across across the world. Uh, I think drinking. That's I would because people think you're you. small. For uh, some think reason, I'm so small. People think you're small, and um, you're not. No, no, you're not. It's a it's a weird perception, but there you go. It's because mm. of my very small personality. Um, <laughs> uh, drinking, I think I would defer to you. Yeah, I just you know. I think I, I mean, would. Win. I, I think you're I'd an expert in the field. I think uh, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't know where I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know where to stand. Mm. I wouldn't be able to stand. Um, what was the last one? A race. <sighs> Depends how long the race was. What? What? Do you, what are your strengths and weaknesses? My weakness is running. My my weakness, weakness is is running, pace, uh, <laughs> stamina, endurance, sprinting, yeah. all of those things. I would say probably a hundred meter race or a two hundred meter race. I don't know. I I don't know, actually. I think it'd be quite close. I mean, I've got... I'm the younger man. Yes, that's true. I've got that on my side. But I... I mean, I'm I'm not fast. I never have been fast. I remember I used to play rugby as a kid, again, because of not being very small. And they used to say to me, if you could just sprint a little bit, you would be quite, quite good. And I couldn't. I honestly couldn't. I've got no switch. There are no afterburners. Mm. It's just, I th- I think I'd, I think I'd give it to you actually. Okay. Two, so the best of three. There you go. All right. There you go. I think that's quite what about generous. This question. Go on. This is from Arsenal. Arsenal Jumberg on a similar theme, and they, Arsenal Jumberg says, "Has the lockdown been good or bad for your overhaul overall fitness? On one hand, not going out as much to pubs." but on the other, spending more time sitting around and watching Netflix. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm getting out with the dogs, but I'm not playing my weekly game of five-a-side, which is something I miss in a big way. So that's kind of my, you know, you go out with dogs and you go walking and you can do a little bit of running with the dogs, um, you know. uh, But, you know, the the five-a-side was the the real, that was my real cardio for the week. Mm. Um, So I'd say my fitness is, is not, as good as it was um because i used to like i used to walk into town into the studio uh you know as a 30 well about a 40 minute walk so i'd walk in and back when i was going in there so you got your steps in got my steps in i mean in fairness i was looking at this yesterday my my garmin um i've got the steps i mean let's see um for the last seven days let's see what my steps are um, it's showing me seven day steps. Okay, 
Today, I've done nearly 6,000 so far. Yesterday, 15,000, 11,000, 12,000, 11,000. These are good steps. On April the 1st, I did 9,999 steps. Wow, that's if, the if you're mad for the if you're mad for the ten thousand thing. Do you know when you go and you fill up your car with petrol? Yeah, and you say I'll stick twenty quid in it, and you get to nineteen ninety seven, and you go I'll just do the the nozzle. You just go. You're trying to get, and then it goes twenty euro twenty euros and one cent. It's like, are oh, you fuck? I know. It drives me mental. Desperately trying to drives suck it out of the petrol. Oh, <laughs> sometimes I go to twenty five just because of that. Really? Because yeah. you can't live with yourself. I hate the I hate the unevenness of that. <laughs> it's ridiculous, I know. But. I just, uh, this is, uh, maybe speaks to me just being a crazy, um, you know, like a, like a some, behaving like some sort of millionaire. But I just f- always fill it up. I can't live with, like, I'll just put a bit in, I just fill it up. How much does it cost to fill your car up? I mean, I don't know what it costs to fill my car up. I think it costs me about... Well, it depends how full it is mm. when I do it. If it's nearly empty, probably about 50 quid. Right. Okay. But I, I'm not doing it very often. Yeah, sure. Sure, I get it. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that way, at least I get the satisfying clunk of it's like, of it telling me it's full. Do you know mm. what I mean? I get that little. And even then, I'll give it another test and it goes, yeah, it's definitely full. And I'm like, okay, okay. I can get on with my life now. All right. I can sleep at night. Um, yeah, fitness is suffering, I think, generally. Do, are you aware of who Joe Wicks is? I n- know He's the got name. lovely hair. Does he? Is it real, though? Is it a hair we replacement system? We don't know. System? We'll never know. It could be a hell of a system. No, I think it's real. He, he's he got lovely hair. He's got lovely abs. And he is quite irritating, but quite sweet as well. Right. So he, and he, he's been doing this um, uh, daily... Uh, PE for kids, in, and it's become like a massive global sensation, you know. And everyone in, well, not everyone in the UK. What's he like doing of, it on YouTube or something? Yeah, exactly. Right. And a lot of families are watching it, and it's for, for. I think it's aimed at children, but I've done it a couple of times. Absolutely knackered me out. So kids must be quite fit, is what I've gathered from that. Well, I thought they sat around and played video games the whole time. I thought Apparently that's all not. kids did. Okay. Apparently, they're, they're basically athletes. Given by the fact that I couldn't walk the next day afterwards. The kids, turns out the kids are all in shape. If the Premier League is voided, we can just get some children and make them compete in some sort of mini indoor Olympics. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do think uh, a measure of physical exercise should be mandatory for children. You know, just it's like learning something when you're young. You build a platform for it, you know, just get it into you. Your, Your body has a memory, yeah, to say. Exactly. Um, Mine remembers some terrible stuff. <laughs> Being a really fat teenager, unfortunately. That's it's all got it shocking remember. memories. Yeah. Um, AFC Patch, who's at APatch27, says, given that James shaved his head, what would be your all-time bald 11? Yeah, I saw this. Um, Does he mean Arsenal or in general? I think we should fill it with as much Arsenal as we can and then we'll have to make up the, the shortfall. Right. I mean... I mean, so, for example, can we have Thierry Henry? See, is that bald or shaved? You see? It's shaved. That's what I mean. Is that... See, I don't think so. That's not not bald. So we've got Seagan and Steve Bold at the back, centre-halves. That's that's decent. It's a strong start, isn't it? That's not bad What about Bakary Sanya? Because his braids appeared to be clipped in rather than real. But again, he's got hair if he grows it. You know, he can grow hair, so... 
Um, I'm not convinced by that one. Freddie Umberg? Yeah. I think, you know. Yeah, to be fair. He's shaving it, but he was in a corner, wasn't he? He was a bit. So what, right midfield for Freddie Umberg? Yeah, we could have three at the back. We could squeeze Big Phil in. Phil Senderos. Again, what? Yeah. I mean, he's always been... Had a shaved head. Yeah. I think he shaved his head as a baby. And it never grew back. (laughs) It never grew back. Something went wrong. Yeah, okay. We'll have that. We'll We'll have have to squeeze him in somewhere. Um, I mean, does Jovino qualify? He had hair. Just. But, yeah... I mean, look, it depends because if, if, for example, you were to talk about bald footballers, people would say Bobby Charlton because he's got that kind of comb-over comb thing. Over. Yeah, Gervinho's, yeah, yeah. was it not just a really elaborate comb-over? Yeah, Therefore, think, he qualifies as... I think Gervinho would have to be up there, certainly if we're trying to get bald Arsenal players in. Mm. Um, who else? I'm trying to think. I mean... Was Vieira willingly bald? Again, it feels like it was. I mean, he. I mean, he's bald now, isn't he? He jumped before he was pushed. I think. You reckon? I'm just trying to think who else is out there. You know, I mean, otherwise you're getting into the realms of Fabian Bartes and Yap Stam. I mean, we're all we're all worried that Fabian Bartes is going to be the goalkeeper in this team, but I think he might have to be. Well, what about? Um, what about the American dude? Oh, well, there were a few. There was Casey Keller, who had the sort of comb-over style. He played for Tottenham, but didn't also, he? Yeah, as can't did Brad Friedel. Oh, that's the one I was thinking of, yeah. So we can't have we can't have him. Well, Bartes did do Arsenal a few favours in his time at United, so maybe... That's true. Mm. So, 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 Senderos, Bold, Sigan at the back. That's lovely. That's got some some balance, some flair. We know we've got Javino at the other end of the pitch. What about... Yeah. John Hartson up front? That's he, not he, Was he bald in his playing days? Yeah, I think he was. Think it was, he was going, it was going, that's for sure. Yeah, John Hartson, I think. Okay. Freddie Umberg, we've got. Freddie Umberg, we've got Javino... I mean... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We're about four shy here. So we need... What do we need? Central midfielders? We really need some central midfielders. I think, you know, you could get the the dream team, the two players that everybody would have loved to have seen play together. Okay, they're not Arsenal, but when you think about the combination of talent, technique, tenacity, Mm. uh, you know, sheer brilliance, you can't Mm. go wrong with Zinedine Zidane and Lee Carsley. (laughs) <laughs> and John Joe Shelby who could forget as well thrown into the mix yeah we've all wanted to see Shelby and Zidane on the same pitch <laughs> I mean I will say Cesc Fabregas you know he he seemed to be losing his hair and then he seemed to not be losing it are you suggesting that there was Hang a on. hair replacement system put in place <laughs> potentially <laughs> potentially but look no shaming here guys no. um yeah, I, I I don't think we're missing anyone particularly obvious in Arsenal terms. No. There were lots of shaved heads. I mean, Alex Lacazette has shaved his head uh, just recently. He put it up on his Instagram. Well, no more acting gigs for him for the time being. Well, that's it. I mean, good luck. He's playing bouncers only from now on. <laughs> who was the guy who played for uh, Crystal Palace? 
Lombardo. He was he, he was, was as bald. bald as an egg, wasn't he? He really was. Yeah. I mean, Steve Bald's the original and the best, I think, isn't he? Yeah, because his name sounds like Bald. Steve Bald. Yeah, it doesn't get better than that. But he's got no hair, and we don't care. You see, that's the thing. He was accepted for embracing his 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 baldness, his bold I baldness. Agree. Unlike some players who went and got. The you know Who cheated the, cheated nature. They got hair stitched into their head. Naming no names, <laughs> naming no names. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean that's close enough to a team, isn't it? I think it's not bad. It's not bad without having to go down the road of picking people we don't want to talk or don't want to pick. You know, what about the yeah. mental guy? Remember the guy who gets by? Yes. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that you can just say the mental guy? Yeah. And I know it's Tamuri Ketsbaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was good fun. I'd have him in my team for sure. For the celebrations, if nothing else. Absolutely. On the rare occasion that he scored a goal, he could kick the absolute crap out of the, the advertising hoardings. He so. attacked that advertising hoarding like it had committed adultery with his wife. He like, was absolutely furious. It was like he was John Hartson and the advertising hoarding was Isle Berkovich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine Hartson and Ketsbio up front in this bald team. Oh, wow. yeah. Stick them against, you know, your your uh, regular Premier League uh, central defensive pairing and they yeah. would, they'd shirk. I hope the opposition's central defensive pairing isn't Isle Berkovic and an advertising hoarding. Because if so, not. they're, they're, they're in, in big, big trouble. trouble. Big, big trouble. Okay, well, there's a, there's a bald X, X, I, X, X1, X, I, what? How X do you say? I. 11. 11. Eleven. Eleven. Um, well, yes. I mean, I don't know. Is are we at the end of part one, or is there going to be more of this in part one? I think probably we should take a break, <laughs> and yeah. uh, so, so we'll regroup and see where part two takes us. We've got more questions, I'll, that's for sure. I'll wear a wig for part two and see if it makes any difference. See if I seem a bit. Have more you got any wigs or more attractive? I think they're all in storage, actually. But- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my wigs are in storage along with all my oh, furniture. My you know, all my wigs I've, are in I've storage. I've got my Arsene Wenger wig. I've got That's my, right, of yeah, course. I've got, I've got a few wigs from the old, the old high... When I was doing, when I was doing more sort of highbrow comedy. Um, yes. This is before the, the Guardian acclaim. Uh, I've got a few wigs, but yeah, I don't have access to them right now. When I, Arguably when I need them most... Have you um, have you watched a show called Shit's Creek? I have seen bits of it, but not all of it. Yeah, it is. Um, it's very funny. It takes it's a little good. bit. Takes a little bit to get into, but it is really, really funny, and it does develop very well. Like you think it's a yeah. bit. You think it's probably a bit one note or one trick when you watch it first, but the the characters do develop very well, and uh, Moira. Uh, Moira Rose is is the mother of the family uh, that ends up in this town called Shits Creek, played by Catherine O'Hara, who is fucking amazing. Mm. Uh, we watched Best in Show last night, which is a, a just, great film, oh, it's so so funny, um, and she's brilliant in that. But she has a range of wigs in there in that show that I think even you. Even you would be jealous of um, wow. if you were to take all of your wigs out of your. Is it like? Is it specific wig storage or is it just like a no, regular no, no. storage? No, no, no. It's because I'm sort of, well, actually, uh, I'm sort of supposed to be, 
I was supposed to be moving about now, but obviously mm. uh, we're not allowed to leave our house. So uh, that's not happening. But it means that quite a lot of my belongings are in a lockup in King's yeah. Cross. And if you go to King's Cross and find the right lockup and somehow uh, hack through the padlock, you will basically find a, a lockup full of wigs, essentially. Wow. Yeah. Um, and we other could, items. We, we could make it a treasure hunt. That's true. The first listener to find my King's Cross-based wig store... Can have um, one of the wigs. Can have one. I'm going to need the, the wig rest. wig of their choice. I'm going to need the rest. All right. <laughs> well, there's a challenge for you. Of course, nobody can go out and do this. Yeah, it's going to be hard, guys. You're going to have to tunnel, and you're going to have to guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we get a clue. Maybe we'll get a clue. Um, okay. Know. We better leave it there for part one. We'll leave we? it there. I'll come out with part two and it'll be very grown up, very sensible. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the Arscast Extra. This is part two of the show where we answer the questions that you sent to us on Twitter at Gunnerblog and at Arsblog on the Arsblog Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Arsblog and also on the Arsblog Discord chat server, which you get access to if you are an Arsblog member on Patreon. We're going to start, James, today with Facebook, lest we be accused of ignoring all the fine people over on the Arsblog Facebook page, which is never really the case. We just kind of forget, you know. It's sort of, mm. it's there. You know, the other things are, you know, anyway, look, I'm not making excuses. It is what it is. And uh, at this moment in time, we should be all coming together. But Matt Williams says, I find myself being so fucking angry at Liverpool and Spurs, not just as angry as I always am, uh, but especially now that they're taking advantage of the government furlough scheme. I've been very angry in general, Matt. Um, he says, two clubs who were Champions League finalists in 2018, why are they having to use taxpayers' money to top off the salaries of their non-playing staff? Or is my anger misplaced in this current climate? Uh, guess what? I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's probably not misplaced. I think that it is, it does, by the way, congratulations to everyone for learning what the word furlough means. I mean, if, if we come out of this crisis with nothing else, we've got that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think it it does feel a bit uncomfortable, doesn't it, for mm. businesses that certainly have an enormous amount of wealth 
albeit a certain degree of uncertainty over them, given the crisis, like all businesses, uh, relying on a government scheme that I think was really set out to protect mm. smaller businesses and more vulnerable businesses. So, yes, it is uncomfortable. Do I think we're going to see more of it? Probably. Ooh, will uh, we see it in Arsenal? Well, I mean, Arsenal have made the commitment that they made, didn't they, to pay staff up until, the I think, of- is it the end of this month? Mm. Um Albeit that has certain caveats, you know, as highlighted by the the Guardian piece yesterday. I don't know if you saw. Yes, I did. Nick Ames, did. yeah, it was a good piece. Um, it is a good piece, and it was about. Uh, if you didn't see it, it was about Arsenal. A great deal of sort of match day casual staff are not actually Arsenal employees. They are supplied by agencies essentially, and that includes mm. catering staff. It includes some stewards, security staff. I believe cleaning staff too. And so, obviously, when Arsenal say we'll continue to pay Arsenal employees, yeah. they mean those guys, but it doesn't cater to the, the, the sort of what, what you would consider yeah. the, the casual staff because, you know, because of the way they work, you know, match day staff and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a bit of a murky one that, you know, because, you know, the, the issue course. then is whether you should be demanding of your subcontractors um, to, you know, to do the right thing or, you know, it, it, is, yeah, it I mean, is a murky one. So, so, like, I know, for example, that the um, some of the stewarding and security staff come from a certain agency, and they have been told uh, that they they will be protected, I believe, financially. But then certain other companies, mm. uh, you know, aren't doing that. And so, to a certain extent, it's out of Arsenal's hands. But you would like to see, I suppose, them at least applying pressure or seeing what they could do to mm. alleviate the financial stress that people who help make match days what they are are under. Yeah. As for Liverpool and Spurs, uh, I mean, I thought the Spurs statement was fascinating because it was kind of couched in such a way that it looked to be applying uh, pressure on football's top bodies in terms of like, you know, the, the Premier League and, and the PFA and organisations like that to do more while at the same time saying, but we're going to furlough everybody. So mm. it was kind of... It kind of disguised its message somewhat. Um, it is uncomfortable, and I sus- I would love to say that I don't think Arsenal will follow suit, but I do wonder once this period that they have committed to elapses, given the degree to which their revenues are reduced at this time, I wonder whether they might take a similar decision. I don't mm. know. What What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. The thing about the, the Liverpool thing is that, you know, the owners of Liverpool must know, you know, what the... the I'm not saying everybody who supports Liverpool has the same social outlook or whatever, but in general, you yeah. know, um, I don't want to use the word working class. That's not right either. But, you know, a sort of connection with 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 that and doing the right thing and what have you. And they must know that because of that background, because of the background of the city and and the people that support the football club, they must have known, you know, what the potential reaction was going to be like from fans. And they still did it. They still did it. So, you know, I don't know. It sort of sets the way for all the other clubs to do it, doesn't it? I I mean, I suppose the issue is, and from a sort of purely rational point of view, and like I say, I'm not at all an expert in this field. If that if that capacity or that facility has been made available to businesses, you know, anyone running a business might feel inclined to say, well, why should I 
absent mm. myself from that. You know, why should I let everybody else do it, but me not? Yes. And I can- I suppose, but, yeah. you know, it is... I mean, look, we have sort of a follow-up question here from um, James Vincent McMorrow, who says, why do footballers get held up as avatars for people's annoyance at rich people and not countless <laughs> other sports people or financiers or actors or rich, out-of-touch dickhead musicians? Um, I'm sure he's talking about Phil Collins there. Or myriad others. Um so, you know, we have this idea that, that football, because of the wealth of the players, um, you know, they, they should be an example to us all, which, you know, seems absurd to me. I, I think what it does probably, James, is demonstrate the the way that football is run and the way that football clubs are run um, and that they don't really have the financial means to cope with this on a long-term basis. And I by that, I don't mean to say that Liverpool can't afford to pay their staff without furloughing them. I think they probably could. They've just chosen not to. But mm-hmm. in general, I think, you know, there was some suggestion that that other football clubs, I saw a headline, like, if, if this thing, you know, football doesn't start again by July or August, then Burnley will go out of business and, you know, have a laugh if you want at Sean Dyche or Burnley or whatever that yeah. might be. But it does illustrate that there is a financial reality to the way that these clubs operate. Um, and it doesn't sit right with me morally or any other way that clubs who turn massive, massive profits have so quickly gone down this road. But, yeah. you know, I, I think it probably does tell us something about the, the precarious nature of, of football finance. Yes, I, I feel the same. It doesn't sit well with me either. And for certain clubs well for most clubs really it feels culturally out of step with what their fans would want uh i suppose the only sort of caveat i offer to that is i I suspect they're doing it because they're looking at projections and thinking this could be extremely bad and maybe result in a lot of people losing their job which Mm. we don't want either so as for the footballer thing i i really like uh james's question and i think I think there's a lot to be said for it. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I thought Wayne Rooney <laughs> spoke very well about this. Yes, uh, I did too. I don't know if you saw that. Mm, I wrote about it in the in the blog today, actually. So. Ah, okay, I've not read it yet. Yeah. yeah. So I um I, I think he absolutely nailed it, and I think it's it's interesting that footballers are thought of as this amorphous group when you know what a Premier League player makes and what someone makes, even in the lower reaches of the the Championship or League One is absolutely wildly dramatically different and the same sort of uh, moral standards and principled stances seem to be applied across the board Mm. even within the Premier League there's tremendous range and I also think that there is this slight sense of I do think there is a snobbery about footballers uh, you know because of you know they come from diverse backgrounds and they end up I mean we've seen it look at a guy like Raheem Sterling the way in which he's been demonised by the media for essentially making quite a lot of money yeah 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 uh, buying his mother a house the fucking bastard yeah and and I I actually I know some people didn't like aspects of sort of the PFA statement and it can look a bit intransigent and a bit like they do, just don't want to give up the money my interpretation of it is that they 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 are certainly at the Premier League level willing to give up the money, but they want it to be for the right reasons, go to the right place, and they don't want the people who employ them to get away with it, as it were, without yeah. having to make sacrifices themselves. And I I sort of support that, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you can't just let the owners off the hook. 
you know, by demanding footballers take a, a a pay cut and I think you know where the more reasonable particularly when you're talking about footballers should take a pay cut in order to fund you know the NHS uh, it ignores the fact that they pay a lot of tax on their wages um, you know some of them will will pay uh, more than others some of them will find schemes and ways around it which is of course um, what a lot of people who earn a lot of money do but you know, the idea that because uh, footballers are high profile, they should give up a certain um, amount of their wages for the NHS. It doesn't really make a great deal of sense to me. You know, if footballers want to come together and donate to the NHS, great. Where I think there's a more reasonable discussion is, you know, uh, if you're at a company, if you're at a business that is all of a sudden uh, experiencing serious financial problems and you're not actually doing the work that you're supposed to do, you know, and um, it's not their fault that they can't do the work or, or, or anything like mm. it. But I think the more reasonable discussion around this is what can those players do to safeguard the livelihoods and the jobs of, of you know, the, the day-to-day workers at a football club, yeah. you know, people who don't earn £350,000 a week where that £350,000 can pay, I don't know, 20 people's salary over the course of a year or something like that. You know, is there a discussion to be had there? Yes, but that's between the clubs and the players and the individuals in question, you know. Um, yeah, and, and also, I mean, you know, if you're going to hold the footballers to that kind of standard, you know, you've got to hold the, the movie stars to it too. You know, I don't know why it's one group of rich people have a sort of greater responsibility. Well, yeah, yeah the, the, you know, the bankers and the lawyers well, and the corporate yeah, people and comparison. the captains of industry and, and uh, you know, donors to, you know, property developers and everybody. Like, you can't just make this about footballers because, you know, they're high profile, we, we know. But, you know, it, it's completely unfair to single out one group, even one group of sports people. You know, mm. I, we all know they earn a, an awful lot of money. We understand that, but... You know, it's uh, it's just a strange uh, situation when it comes down to it. Um, the, the pay cut thing is interesting because a lot of footballers' contracts are heavily incentivized uh, based around games and performance and achievement. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, yeah. so they might say, well, you know, we're not making that money now, therefore we've already taken uh, a cut of sorts. Of course, you know, they're still doing all right, let's be clear about that. But plenty of people are doing their jobs, um, albeit from home, Mm. But I've had to take a pay cut anyway, you know, and, and the reason they've done that is to safeguard the businesses they work for, the employment of everybody involved. You know, and football's going to be no different. Football is not immune in any way, if you pardon the use of the word immune, to this crisis. Mm. And uh, the financial repercussions will be absolutely massive, I suspect. Yes, I think so. Um, on that note, actually... Uh, somebody asked James Smith on Twitter said at James Smith 4185 said how much do you how much impact do you think the current climate will have on summer transfer proceedings and do you anticipate an elongated window in order to allow clubs to buy sell accordingly yeah I mean look it's just fucking impossible to know what way it's going to affect it I, I, I think the um, the transfer market as we knew it is is pretty much over, even though it's a fundamental part of, of revenue raising for, for many football clubs, you know, particularly small clubs. When you think about, you know, a player might make his breakthrough at a, a, a lower division club and get sold and they get some money or, you know, there might be a sell-on clause down the line, which generates money for them. But, you know, it's a way for, for football clubs to, to break even. I just don't know how it can 
I don't know how we can go back if, you know, this thing goes on for a, a prolonged period of time and people are people are struggling financially. Um, yeah. I don't know how we can go back to this system where we we all get invested in the idea of spending tens of millions of pounds on on footballers. How do we how do we come to terms with that in the wake of what this thing might wreak on society in terms of, you know, the impact it might have on people, on their lives? You know, uh, you know to, to be very blunt about it, people are going to die. Um, you know, that includes breadwinners. It, Im- it includes the people who are putting food on the table, et cetera, et cetera. How do you go back? How do you, how do you tell somebody, get excited by the fact that your football club is going to spend a huge amount of money on, a, on a, another person? Um, yeah. I, I just don't know how it's going to work. I, I, I suspect we we might see something whereby there is no transfer market um, or no transfer window when football starts again, and that clubs have got to complete their uh, complete the seasons or complete with the players that they um, with they have that they have. Uh, you know, which again. It, the, the the complex nature of this because players are going to be out of contract at the end of June. Some players have already signed pre-contracts with other clubs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How that's all going to work, I just don't know. I just don't know. Um, but I, I find it difficult to, to to get my head around the idea that the transfer market or football or, or anything else is going to be quite the way it was um, before we began this. Yeah. And, and in practical terms... A few people I've spoken to have suggested that they do think there'll be some sort of relaxation of the window in terms of having, you know, such strict parameters, dates around it to enable sort of all these different business matters to be sort out. But yeah, there is a kind of a bigger question of what that looks like and what it feels like in the world post this crisis. Mm. Um, and also whether or not it's sort of an appropriate use of resource for, for clubs that will have taken a financial hit, you know, I, 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 transfer fees are something that I'm I do wonder I do wonder what will happen to them and mm. if they might go away a bit yeah. um, at, the, at the big level anyway when the wage is already so high mm. so yeah um, I have a question here from Flanners at Flanny Balls who says Arsene Wenger helps you to help him fix football for the better once all this is over what change do you make about the game can be on the field or off the field Gosh. Yeah. Um, I would reduce ticket prices. If I was some way that I could... I know that that's not a global issue necessarily, but thinking about the Premier League, I think it's the biggest... Mm. To me, the biggest problem and the biggest barrier. And in fact, I would I would, I would, would make the game more accessible generally. So I would try to endeavour to reduce ticket prices and endeavour to mm. uh, reduce television subscriptions wherever possible because... Okay. I feel like we're in danger of sort of, you know, it being just completely inaccessible. We kind of reached a crazy point with that. Mm, okay. Uh, what about you? I think, you know, I no know... No red it, cards. Say what? No red cards. No red cards. Ultra violence all the way. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I know it gets a bit of a a bum rap, and, and rightly so in many ways, because it, it has not been implemented properly. But I do think if you could put in place a proper system of financial fair play, where clubs, if we're going to accept clubs, if clubs are going to say we are businesses, which they are saying, 
You know, some of them are saying we're businesses, therefore we can take advantage of this furlough scheme, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, you're a business. You have to run and operate like a proper business. You know, um, owner investments, stuff like that. Maybe we could could end that and clubs can only um, operate within the the resources that they can generate. Um, You know, as a concept, financial fair play seems a good one, you know, but it just hasn't been put in place. yeah, I mean, I mean, that is kind of how Arsenal are run, is it not? Yeah, kinda, kinda. Yeah. I do think, yeah, yeah. I mean, with with KSE, yes, it seems like that is, like that is the case. Um, what else would I do? I think I would. I think, like, being serious about this, I would. I would put an end to Michael Owen. Yeah. Okay. Do you mean uh, like uh, in TV studios, or do you just mean generally like? Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not advocating, you know, um, Lord Lukening him. You know, right? It did sound <laughs> very mafioso. It did a bit, didn't it? We must put an end to. Michael we must Owen. put an end to the perfidious Michael. If you could erase it from history, it'd be good actually, because I've got some issues with that 2001 FA Cup final. Yeah, we'd win that. We'd win that. That would be nice. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that's something we can all get on board with. By the way, speaking of TV personalities, I saw this um, comment on the Facebook. That's right, the mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, Ian Metcalf said, not a question, but just to follow up on your piece about commentating out loud, which we were talking about last week. Yeah. Um, you were saying it all stops when you grow up, but I was once asked to stand in for a friend's football team in the 90s in Surrey. I had no clue who they were, but agreed. It turned out to be the BBC radio sports football team and included reporters, commentators, producers and engineers. Wow. In that team were people like Ian Dark and Jeff Stelling. And the match was so one-sided that they began to showboat and commentate on each other. At the time, I had no idea who they were, but as soon as they began to commentate, I recognised their voices. I was in stitches, but the other team weren't happy. Keep safe and happy. Uh, keep safe and sane, rather. That is incredible, isn't it? I mean, imagine that. Wow. A team of Motson, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Just Barry Davis, you. Jeff Stelling. Yeah, Jeff Stelling. I'd say he's um, insufferable when he commentates on himself. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. And we actually did have a question. Ashley Moss on Twitter said, what line from a commentator that's Arsenal-related do you hear back and it gives you tingles on your neck just hearing it back? Mine has got to be... Ashavin against oh, Barcelona. Oh, the Martin Tyler. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we can say the easy one, like um, Anfield 89, you know, Thomas charging through the midfield, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Um, I do like that sums it all up, you know. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, Tony isn't Adams. it? Yeah. That is a good one. Um, I like... Uh, I like the one from the FA Cup final in 2017. I think I use it in one of the intros to one of the Patreon shows. Right. And it's like Aaron Ramsey wins it for the for us. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's quite a good one. Um, I think, I think... I've got uh, a bit blank. Oh, I, I always... I've really loved... Uh, is it Martin Tyler? Thierry Henry, when I played, he played against Leeds at Highbury and scored four goals. Mm. And when he scores the fourth, he sort of runs, he gets a pass off Gilberto, he runs from the halfway line. 
and he's going on in on goal and he's just going past people like they're not there. And I seem to remember that Martin Tyler goes, Thierry Henry, electrifying, electrifying! And then he scores. <laughs> and it's really great. There is, that out. Yeah, there is the Thierry Henry one as well when he scores against Leeds, isn't there? Uh, they're golden. He may be cast in bronze, but he can still oh, provide yeah. golden moments, etc., etc. That's um, a great line. He must have been absolutely over the moon when he came up with that. And of course, um, it's only Ray Parler. <laughs> From Tim yeah. Lovejoy. Yeah, immortal words. Immortal um, words. The winning the winning the title at Old Trafford. The Will Tord. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, a long old Will Tord. It is a long old Will Tord. That's for sure. Do you ever watch some of those? Um, you know the season review. Uh, DVDs. I'm not sure it's the case as much anymore, but you could always tell when Martin Tyler did the commentary after the fact. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure that some of the, you know, quite a lot of the games didn't have commentary on them. Yeah. And he would yeah, add yeah. the commentary afterwards. Sure. Yeah. You could hear yeah. those. I'm- and was was it quite deliberate? Like he he anticipated goals a bit, did he? Or how could you? Tell? You could just tell it wasn't quite in the moment. You know, I mean, he's had plenty of practice, of course, doing FIFA. You know, down the years. Um, I think that must be a weird session. Sitting yeah, I'd say down it to is. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it is because you've got to do all the player names and all the bits and pieces. I'm sure there's probably oh. some video of it and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. Great. That'd be a long voiceover session for sure. I wonder they, if I mean, they're they there together. Yeah, they must be. I don't know. I don't know. I it's, mean, they they haven't yeah, really updated it a lot, have they? In in the years, there's still some stock phrases mm. that are in the FIFA games that you hear all and the time, and you still get them sort of like shouting, like "Abamang" when he sort of trickles a mm. <laughs> six yard effort. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, what a shot. When the goalkeeper comes out, you know, miles, and then the guy just kicks it in, he's like, wow, what a shot from distance, whatever that yeah. might have been. It flew Crazy. in. No, it didn't. No, <laughs> it didn't. Um, is God from the Discord says, how angry do you think Mark Hughes is that everyone in the world is refusing to shake his hand? And what do you think should replace the pre-post-match handshake in the future when we're not allowed to touch hands ever again? I think Mark Hughes is probably very cross, and that makes me very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, as for what they should replace it with, I don't know. Uh, double kiss? <laughs> Air kiss. Like the fashion kiss? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be quite funny. It'd be quite time-consuming, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Just try yeah. to imagine Sean Dyche and Eddie Howe doing that. I agree. Um, yeah, that would be my happiest uh, thing. I mean, you know, it's it's. Oh, I feel for Mikel. I just had a <sighs> horrendous image pop into my head. What was it? Yeah, I presume you've watched Toast of London. Yes. So you know the bit when Toast and Ray bloody purchase. Yeah. They have to like overdub a German. <laughs> porno film yes, yes and they're yeah. there going like oh, la, 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 la. <laughs> I just was imagining Sean Dyche doing that into somebody's ear yeah that's yeah. disturbing isn't it uh, I don't want to wish that on Mikel it's not fair really he's already had coronavirus he doesn't need exactly. any more 
And look, I mean, a lot of people have been asking, and I think it's a fair question, what is happening to Mikel's hair right now? You know, the yeah. perfect leisure. I, I imagine it's okay because um, it probably just grows out in, like, perfect symmetry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mine doesn't. Mine, if I let mine grow, it's sort of bits of it grow sideways and outwards and upwards and all that kind of stuff, so. Right, yeah. Yeah. I can't but I mean, imagine Mikel shaving uh, it off. No, you can't. Can't. Someone it's tried a, with a shaver and the shaver just broke. Someone tried like, to hack it off with an axe. Did the, the axe smashed inflexible. into pieces. Yeah. They took a <laughs> cutlass to it. Not a, just didn't, couldn't make a, a dent in it. So it's just not possible. Just not possible. <sighs> um, here's one. Go which on. I thought was quite interesting. Uh, it comes from Blind Optimism, who's at Articulate Panda. And he says, as a blind fan since 2018, sorry about that, man. Um, He says, I rarely hear physical descriptions of the players. Could you do a rundown of the current squad with a couple of sentences each, including low knees? So, okay. Let's start. We'll do one each. Yeah. Okay. So we'll start with um, the goalkeepers. So, Bernd Leno. Smiley, ruddy-cheeked. He's got hair, and he has he has a neck, doesn't he? He has quite a quite a slim neck. I yeah, like he's got a slim neck, like a sort of not quite saying he's a giraffe. No, not quite. But but yeah, you'd you'd fear for that neck if in if in a headlock. Yeah, like it'd be easy to cut his head off with a guillotine. <laughs> That's how we describe Bernd Leno. That's how we describe him. Emmy Martinez. Mm. Uh, I don't know if this is still up to date, but according to his squad profile picture, uh, I would say quite bad highlights. Yes. Um, and a toothy grin. A toothy grin and a good pair of ears. Yeah, he's got a good pair of ears. On him. You could hang your pots and pans off him. Do you know what I mean? And they wouldn't, they wouldn't wilt. Okay, uh, let's go down into the defenders. Socrates, we won't do them all, but we'll pick a couple. Um, Socrates, uh, he sort of looks like, uh, like a dog that's been left outside in the back garden all day, even though his owners are at home. Yeah, in the rain, possibly. Possibly, a bit bedraggled. Yeah, he, he he's he looks like he's seen some serious shit. Mm. Looks like an unhappy hand. Absolutely, Kieran Tierney. I think looks a bit like sort of like a child chimney sweep. Polish your shoes, Governor. Yeah, <laughs> he's very much got he's very much got that look. Sort of Victorian street urchin. David Louise. Yeah. Has got a head like a well-worn toilet brush. Very fair. Very fair. But he's got a lovely tan on him. Mm, he does. Into midfield, pick one. Um, into midfield. Wow, there are so many choices. I think Danny Ceballos looks like an Algerian assassin. An Algerian assassin? Yeah. Okay. Does that exist? I'm sure. I mean, look, I guess there are assassins in every country. He, he does He does look like, uh, I mean, I don't think there's a, a version of the game set in Algeria, but he does sort of have that kind of 
Assassin's Creed look to him, to my mind. Like, and even his face seems a little sort of CG. Right. Like it doesn't quite look real. Mesut Ozil, mm. as we know, has got two eyes. Yeah. Like like a lot of the squad, actually. But if you were drawing a if you were drawing a caricature of Mesodozel, the eyes would be the most prominent part. That's the kindest way to put it. You'd start with the you'd go. Let's start with the eyes. And start then we'll with go the from eyes. There. Yeah. Pick a forward. Um. Okay. Um. Oh wow. Okay. I'm going to pick Alexandra Lacazette. He looks like he has bought the teeth of a larger man and is <laughs> and is wearing them as a trophy maybe he killed a giant man stole his big beautiful shiny teeth and he's implanted them all in his mouth okay gabriel martinelli looks like the kind of young man who only needs to shave once every 12 days yeah but he's longing that- He's longing for the day when he can grow a big, fulsome beard. Exactly. I think Gary Martinelli looks very much like, if you ever played football manager, you know, when you get like the regens coming through. (laughs) They always look like him. So there you go. I mean, it's a fair point. You know, we don't really talk. I mean, there are some great options out on loan, by the way, we should say. Go on. Look at Mavropanos, Saliba. Right, okay, William Saliba looks like um, he's trying to do that thing where people film their face upside down and make it look like it's talking. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, like if he drew a couple of eyes on his chin, you'd be like, oh, I, see, I see what yeah, you've done there, William. I know what you've done there. I know what you've done there. Um, Mohamed Elneny. Yeah. When he retires from football is going to forge a career as a scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, fair. All right. Maybe we, that's what he's doing. He's out alone at the moment. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? What other questions do we have here? Let's f- fly through a few of them. Um, um, Matt, on. AFC Guna, says, I currently have magpies trying to build a nest on my sky dish. We take the twigs down, but they always return. Can the magpie expert James provide some assistance on how to get rid of them for good? They never give up. Uh, tricky one. I think you have to furlough the magpies. That's exactly it. Just get onto Liverpool or Spurs, and they'll give you all the uh, all the information you need. Yeah, all the and then the magpies get they get eighty percent of a sky dish off the government or something like that. Yeah. Um, Nicholas, who's at N underscore Sonico underscore 96. What would you think of a Sunderland until I die style show about Arsenal? What season would have been good to have a show about? Oh, well, I would love it for sort of, you know, obvious reasons. Oh, I wouldn't. But I fear for what would be in it. (laughs) I fear it would make us um, a a bit of a laughing stock and I'm very excited about the Spurs documentary oh I don't I just don't understand why any football club would do it I mean it's hugely entertaining for us but nobody comes out of these things looking well I haven't seen season two of Sunderland Till I Die have you watched it no I, I really enjoyed season one though so I'm looking forward to it 
Um, let's see here. Um, boom, boom, boom. James Reef on Discord. If I leave this TV unit in my front room for long enough, do you think it will assemble itself? Yeah. That's evolution, isn't it? Yeah. Circle of life. Life finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> JW at Willie underscore arms says, what happens if football gets to a point where fans have had enough and they form breakaway clubs? Would you support it? I'm thinking Emirates FC, of course. I just like the idea of like uh, a group of diehard mm. Arsenal fans steeped in the history of the football club, breaking away to form a new club, a, a, an honest club, a pure club. It's all about the football. It's all about the cannon on the shirt. It's all about being together and calling itself Emirates <laughs> FC. I'm not sure. That would be incredible. I mean, who can forget Dial Square FC, of course, the, the Surrey-based startup. I who think, indeed could who have forgotten? indeed? Where are they now? Uh, but I think... What is the question? Do I want Emirates FC? Now, would you support a breakaway club? I don't think so. I, I think something pretty drastic. You know, look, it does happen. You know, look at Wimbledon and and they sort of started again as a Phoenix club. But something pretty drastic has to happen for for you to break that tie with mm. your own club, I think. Like your club being moved to Milton Keynes and changed the name and the badge and the entire identity. Mm. Something like that would probably prompt a rethink. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that would be fair. Um, have you got another one? Um, I think I've actually done most of the ones I had. Okay, I've got uh, one go more. On. One okay, more. Okay, okay. So this comes from the Discord as well. It comes from Russcino96. Russocino96, my apologies. He says, what is the greatest Arsenal story you've never told? And it could, in theory, be open to listeners too. Can you think of one? That I've never told. Yeah. Hmm. Not one that springs to mind. Is there anything that you can think of at all? Well, yeah. I mean, there is one, but I mean, I don't know if I should, if I should tell it. Andrew, there's no, there's no content. There's no football. If there was ever a time to tell the story, surely it's now. Okay. All right. Well, look, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. All right. Look, I'll, I'll tell it. We'll see what the reaction is. So you remember back in 2008 when we made a bid for... Well, what happened was Arsene Wenger and... They got together and they had a meeting about this and there was a gigantic... In the parking lot. And this somehow was filmed by a member of the... And they took it to the game's authorities and there was a huge into exactly what had happened. And it looked for quite a while as if we were going to get into some serious trouble about that. But at the last minute, there was an intervention by of all people. Can you imagine that? So despite all the evidence and despite what had actually happened, they brushed it all under the carpet, including the bit where it turned out that had done and with the wife of and apparently took a massive bung on the deal for so there you go. Fucking hell. I mean, God. What do you think? What do you think people are going to react? Uh, <laughs> I think they're not going to know whether to laugh or cry, or both, or indeed or go both. to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once they, yeah, I'll just immediately vomit. <laughs> yeah. 
You wouldn't blame them either, would you? Holy shit. No. Jesus wow. Christ. That's some, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that was news to me too. So sure. thank you for that. Okay. Well, look, I think that's as good a place as any to leave today's show. I don't know how we top that. So uh, Well, yeah, look, maybe we've peaked with our 343. That's it. Who knows? Um, mm. As ever, thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, if you want to give us a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting app you, you use, that would be great. We'll do our best to keep you entertained during the week, but there will, of course, be a podcast on Friday, and uh, we'll see if we can come up with some other stuff uh, besides that as well. In the meantime, stay well, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next one. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.